Yeah. Well, you've, you've been gone, so you bought yourself at least a show or two before everything's your fault. Yeah, I guess there is that. <clears throat> yeah, but let's face it, both times have been no faults of my own. <laughs> well, let's face it. Look, let's see, right? The last time I was due to turn up, um, and it kind of went in my favour, oddly enough, because I hadn't seen any of the movies you guys were talking about. Yeah. And I had to go and visit my buddy in the hospital and take a, and take a lot of his crap up there. But he's home and he's recovering. Um, and uh, he's he's got his hand in plaster for the next six weeks. So he's doing okay. He's just uh, readjusting to life using only his left hand. Oh, that's going to hurt some jerk-off time. Yeah, I told him this. I said, you have to start learning with your left hand, man. Hopefully someone can go <laughs> over there and give him a hand. No, yeah. yeah my, well, What's a friend for, Shane? Yeah, Come on. You guys are more than welcome to, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Steve had a uh, a dislocated wrist, and it was broken down the, uh, the right bone on the outside of his arm. Oh, okay, yeah, the the ulna. Yeah, or so, what's the other one? Oh, I can't remember. The radius, yeah. the radius or the ulna? The, one of those. Two, the radius right? is the elbow. That's the that's the joint I broke years ago. Um, but uh, yes, yeah. so, well, it's good. To, it's good to hear that he's okay, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's he's alive. I think he went to see um, the Last Jedi um, last weekend with his kids. Yeah, I still haven't made it out to that. I'm not even going to bother. Last Jedi no? was real good. Yeah? Yeah, I liked it. A lot of people are yeah. bitching about it, but those people are fucking oh, taking, people it, are... taking it way too seriously. Oh, that's the fucking Star Wars fanboys <laughs> for you, though. They're all wild. I mean, the plot of Last Jedi is kind of a mess, and there's characters like they don't do anything. So they kind of like how much of a mess, like Batman versus Superman mess or something. No, else? we'll see. Batman versus Superman wasn't. I mean, that this goes without saying. But I mean, you got you know it's Star Wars. <laughs> so there's Adam Driver is a really good Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, it's worth saying it just for him. Sweet. By the way, I'm super sick. So if you hear me sniffling, that's why. I'm not. Also, like, it's not the coke. I'm not doing coke now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Man, I could have done with some of that last last week. <laughs> oh boy. See, so when are you putting up the next podcast, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to try to get this up before the new year. That's my goal, and I've got a lot of next week off. Right. Uh, including all of Thursday, which I'm doing absolutely nothing. So oh. um, it should be going up then. What about the one you recorded last week or the week before? Wait, what? I just oh, I oh, did. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, I'm... The Christmas one. Yeah. Told, look, I've just woken up, all right? So, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. So we're getting peak Shane. <laughs> yeah, go me. All right. All right, let's get started here. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, 
Shane and Mike. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me, as always, or as is usual, is Mike Whittemore, and once again, returning to the show, back from his slight, slight break, Mr. Shane Smith. Shane, welcome back. Thank you. And I take it you just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had an old grand, I had a granddad nap. I think that's what they call them. A granddad nap? Yeah. What's that, where you, you pass out and fall asleep with your hand in your pants? Yeah, pretty much, but without my hand in my pants. What kind of a nap is that, then? Just a, It's just a normal nap, I guess. I <laughs> it's an Al Bundy nap. Al Bundy nap, yeah. Yeah, there we go, yeah. I knew you guys had come up with something, but yeah. Well, welcome back, Shane. We're glad to have you, you back you. here. Thank you. <clears throat> and Mike, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm sick, but I'm I'm well. He's alive. Sick and well. Excellent. So we got a fantastic show to finish off our uh, 2017. Um, I guess that's another year in the books, right? Yeah. How many episodes? Right. Have you worked out how many episodes we've done this year? No. <laughs> We're so fucking sporadic. <laughs> I have not, and uh, nor do I choose to. I don't know. I guess I could go back and and look at the uh, the upload dates and see when it was, but I don't know. Probably more than last year, I think. I think we had a good little streak going for a while. Yeah, we did, because we were doing the one, one a week at one point. Mm-hmm. Almost like a real podcast. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, um, no, so, uh, yeah, we'll finish off this year. We'll see what we get to next year. Uh, hopefully we'll get some more guests and stuff as we come back into the new year. I think towards the end, everything was a little too hectic to try to draw other people into our fucking insanity. Yeah. Planning's never been our uh, <laughs> our best uh, no. attribute, I guess. No. So, um, let's see here. We uh, On the show, we like to discuss horror movies. We talk shit to each other, various other nonsenses, including but not limited to music, games, movies, and comics. So, um, we're uh, the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. And you can hit us up on our Gmail at AllYouNeedIsBloodPod at gmail.com. Or our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. And um, probably have various other contact points you can get a hold of us. But um, we'll go over that a little bit later. So before we start, we got a little bit, uh, some messages that came in. Um, We got an email from Brandon Hay, who asks, Is there any reason that none of you play or talk about the Friday the 13th game? And I know, Shane, you probably don't uh, have access to that. But Mike, is there a reason we don't play or talk about this game? Um... I know Val bought it, but I heard that it was kind of imbalanced. Like, if uh, you play as Jason, you're, like, super overpowered. Um, but that's just what I heard. I haven't actually played the game. Um, I don't like – I see, I like Left 4 Dead in that aspect yeah. of, uh, you know, just, like, four people going out there. But what was that other game, Evolve? Uh, I just yep, yep. I just feel like it's kind of like that, and there's a limited amount of things you can do in it. So I never picked it up. Yeah, from what I understand, though, they're bringing out, um, at least on one of the new, whether it's the uh, the physical disc release or or whatever else, they're bringing out a, a single-player mode and some other stuff as well. So, if that adds mode, more I'll, value to it. Yeah, hell yeah, if they add a single-player mode, I'll grab it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I kind of agree on, you know, paying, I don't even know what the price is. I don't think it's actually 60 bucks. I think it's cheaper than that. Yeah. Um, 
but full price for you know a multiplayer only game that has such limited uh, features like you mentioned Evolve. Yeah, that's that's not really my game. I don't have enough time to invest in like getting good at a game like that. Yeah. So um, I mean, I'll, I'll play it. Uh, I guess I just have to download it one day. It's probably on sale right now. There's a Steam sale going on now, so it's probably pretty cheap. It's on Amazon, or at least for Xbox. It's for uh, 35 bucks. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, it's not bad. So, yes, Brandon, um, I'm sure one day we'll get to it. Um, I've seen like a lot of video play of it and Let's Plays and stuff, and it looks like it would be fun, but I, it's one of those games that I feel like once you know where like items and things spawn, it makes the game a lot easier because you know exactly where to go and where not to waste your time. Right. I think when you first start off the game, you're probably pretty fucking bad, and people will be yelling at you the entire time. Where the fuck you going? Get over here. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we also got a message on our Facebook post uh, for you, Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone named Johnny Barrett, who says, Thanks for the ad, love the podcast, and Ziggy seems like a dick. Uh, is Ziggy a dick, Shane? Yes, he is a fucking dick. <laughs> He's my cat. I can say what the fuck I looked at him. In fact, I don't <laughs> even know where he is. I think he disappeared. So he could be up to any kind of fucking shenanigans, little shit. <laughs> and it's all thanks to him Uh-oh. that my sleeping pattern is all fucked up. Cats will yeah, do that. Little bastard. Cats will yeah. do Mon- that. Monday, for instance, I was in bed by 11 p.m. And he woke me up howling his lungs out at 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. And didn't stop howling until 3 a.m. And then I didn't get to sleep until 6 a.m. And then I got four hours sleep and I was just walking around on Tuesday like a fucking zombie going, why do I exist? Why am I here? Oh, yes, I am here to be the torture instrument of a cat who seems to be here to um, like torture me for all my past sins, whatever they may be. That's yeah, what... you were you were there to supply uh, food and life for the cat, I and mean, in warmth at at times. Oh yeah, he, yeah, and then he realised how much of a little bastard he's been, and um, kind of like kept snuggling up to me, and I was like, "Fuck Aww. off, cat! Just fuck off!" <laughs> no, and you broke down, and he's like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no." I was like, "Fuck off, you little bastard! You're in my bad books," and he kind of knew. And then he just sat in the corner of the room, just kind of like staring at me as if to say I'm going to get you and I'm like you will fuck off just wait till you fall asleep you bastard yeah and then I woke up actually the next day with him snuggled up next to me on the bed I was like what are you fucking doing you little shit you know that kind of thing so yeah highly entertaining it's been an interesting week yeah and then I went uh... I went Christmas shopping on uh, yesterday Um, that was entertaining how I didn't go all Kurgan from the Highlander on people in fucking Chapelfield Mall is, well, anyone's <laughs> guess, yeah. Chopping heads off then, huh, Shane? Do you know what, man? If I'd have had a fucking sword. <sighs> Seriously. <laughs> you look like a man that should be carrying a broadsword around. I should, I do really, don't I? It's the beard. It's what it is. Yeah. You know, because like, I, I do have a full-on manly beard, you know, because it's a beard. So, you know, beard watch. Yeah. Um, I have a beard now. What? That's not what Val says. No, I do. I, I She she can fuck <laughs> off. I have a beard and it's it's horrible, but it's there. It's right. it's like actually like I have hair. Uh, uh, it's coming off my face. It's not just like 
<laughs> it's coming off my face. It's, it's coming scary. off your face. Has it landed on your chest or on your pubes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it in my eyes, or else not at all. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, but like it's got like some length to it. It's a little patchy on the sides, but you know who's looking at there? It's the sure. front. You know, I got right. a really good pedophile mustache, and uh, right, this we have to see. I'll upload it to the uh, Facebook group after this is posted. Yeah, sure. I think uh, uh, one of my buddies that I saw last weekend uh, listened to our previous episode that Val was on, and her description of your beard, I forgot what she said, <laughs> something horribly offensive. She said, she, said said it, said, she said it looked sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he was dying. He was like, that's the, the hardest hit I've ever heard anyone take. <laughs> it's okay. So see, th- see, thing is, right, Val doesn't understand she doesn't have a beard, so she doesn't know what we go through. Sure, sure. So it's funny, it feels like I've, I've paid pressure to everybody on the group to grow beards. Yeah, you pretty much have, Shane. Yeah, because mine is just so cool. Bit of a fucking <laughs> mess at the moment, because I've just woken up, but you know, it's... I picture, I picture it going like halfway up, only one side of your face, like it's just curled and wrapped up one side. <laughs> I did too. I, I pictured that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know what, I it's all crazy it. looking. I came, I, I came it three times a day. You know, like, Jesus. Yeah. Well, because I use beard oils and beard bombs. So, oh, oh, Mr. Hipster over here. Hey, uh, I get, I get a beard bomb. I use. Dude, is that yeah. what happens when you grow a beard? You have to use once stuff. it gets to a certain length, you got to control it. So you got to yeah, use you something. Have, you have to, yeah. I mean, with the beard balm, I mean the beard balms I use from <clears throat> uh, product placement, uh, Swagger, Swagger and Jacks. Um, they uh, they also ship worldwide, by the way. Um, <laughs> we got Shane hook. We got to get a, uh, a sponsorship going with them. Let's get some actual cash here. I will actually speak to them. <laughs> no, no, you fucking said it now, man. I will speak to them. I'm actually doing. I'm. I'm I actually have my next appointment with them on the 25th of next month. So <laughs> I will. I will actually speak to them about getting some sponsorship. I do accept payment in the form of beard oils and bombs, as well as cash. Yeah, but cash is good. But when it's beard bombs, and these are fucking amazing beard bombs and beard oils, you don't need cash. Seriously. You don't need it. That's it. The cash just comes in. Yeah, the cash just comes in. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, they know because I go in there regularly. They know I do a podcast. They know I do a horror podcast. And there's a couple of the guys in there who do actually watch horror movies. So I will give them all a shout out. Mark and co. And Mark and my personal barber, Alex, um, who is a bit of a gem, I will say, um, you know, those guys, they fucking rock. And yeah, and they probably know how many greasy beardos listen, you know, watch horror movies and listen to podcasts. That's, a, that's a good market you got there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can do something. And so, who are you gonna? Who are you? Who are you guys gonna try and get sponsorship from? Mike, are you going for the local red light district or local <laughs> red light district? <laughs> anyone? I mean, anyone who wants to give me money. I say we go for big, big money. Let's let's go with like Subway or uh, or AT and T. Like, come on, guys. Scrubway, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, so what else has been going on with you guys, Mike? I'm going to start with you. Um, you've been watching, listening to, reading anything recently? Um, reading, no. Uh, watching, I've been doing 365 Days of Horror, 
And I'll get into my movies once we talk about that other thing that we're going to talk about. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, listening to him and listening to a lot of Ghost again. I'm waiting for the new album. They have Ghost has a live album. Digitally, it's out now, but in January, it's uh, coming out. And uh, I pre-ordered the vinyl. It's a live album. And uh, they should have another album out in 2018, which I'm excited about. Um, yesterday, I found an SNES classic at Best Buy. Ooh. I was, you know, uh, never going to seek out one ever. Yeah. Because they're so hard to find. I was like, there's no way I'm putting the effort into that. If anything, I'll just build a Raspberry Pi and throw some emulators on it and call it a day. But yesterday, I was with Val at Best Buy and we're walking around an employee computer and there was just an SNES classic just sitting next to it. So I was like, all right. Yoink. Yeah. Well, I waited, you know, for like 10 or 15 minutes because I didn't know if it was somebody's. I didn't know if an employee was holding it for somebody. Then after that, I just. I pulled her. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. And I grabbed it and I just beelined it right to the register, bought it. And I was like, sweet. And I could play Star Fox too. And uh, yeah, other than that, I've been, uh, I finished the game uh, Grow Up, like an indie game by, uh, published by Ubisoft, which is uh, you're a robot exploring stuff. It's pretty neat. And then I started uh, Okami. Ooh. Yes. Which I like uh, on what? What? Uh, Okami on what? Like the Wii? Oh, U, no. The, they just came out with an HD uh, remaster of it for uh, okay. Xbox and PS4. So I, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was only it was on sale on Amazon. And it's I think last time I checked, it was sold out on Amazon. But I paid hmm. uh, 16 bucks for it. Wow, 16 bucks? Yeah, that's a fucking it, was, good deal. it was on sale. I have Prime. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But yeah, so that's, yeah, that, that game is phenomenal. I've been playing it nonstop. That's one of those games that gets like re-released every like two years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here's another version. Of the I same know thing. that's been Val's got a Japanese edition of it. She's got, and then they came out with one for Wii, uh, for PS3, and then right. now. So there's three remasters. <coughs> yeah, lots. Well, that's one of those games that'll absolutely look gorgeous in HD, though. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's the shading yeah. on it and the artwork's phenomenal. And it's like yeah. uh, someone put. It, a good way that's like a Zelda game if you were a uh, wolf. <laughs> and it's, that's what it feels like. Unlike the Zelda game where you're a wolf? I guess. I don't know. I never played them. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Twilight <laughs> Princess. You turn into a wolf. But yeah, it's uh, other than that, I've been enjoying my uh, Christmas break. Because next semester I'm going to school Monday through Thursday and Saturday morning for five hours. Oh, Saturday morning. That sucks. Yeah, I'm taking a sheet metal class. So Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's about Sweet. it for me. If you're doing a sheet metal. So how about you, Shane? You've been uh, getting into anything lately? Um, I've been watching, oddly enough, I've been watching a lot of retro movies um, that uh, I used to watch with my brother um, years ago, which is funny because uh, um, I've been doing it subconsciously, you know, just watching all these movies and not realizing that I actually watched them all with my brother. Um, just for, in case anybody was aware, my brother passed away last month and, um, it's, that's one of the reasons why I've not been around, so, but, um, you know, it's, it's all good now, but, uh, yeah, I was just like watching all these fucking movies, um, and I've been buying a lot of movies as well, but watching these movies, it was quite funny because obviously it was like aliens, alien resurrection and, you know, alien three, you know, all that kind of stuff and, you know, Stand By Me, you know, just like some classic Stephen King films. Like Pets oh, I love Stand By Me. 
yeah, likewise. Only problem was every time I watch it these days, I just break down in tears, which is funny. But, um, you know, I was just watching lots of old classic movies, um, listening to a lot of music, and listening to the new Marilyn Manson album, Heaven Upside Down, mm-hmm. um, which I will say isn't that bad. Um, Get out of here. No, I think I heard one track from it. It was actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's actually considerably better than his last three albums. And that's saying something. Because, I mean, you had Pale Emperor, Born Villain, and The High End of Low. High End of Low was kind of like mediocre. Born Villain was just shit, and so was Pale Emperor. This one has actually got some really fucking good songs on it. Because he's working with Tyler Bates, the um, film composer. And um, I was reading an interview with him on how he recorded the album, and it was like literally him and Tyler Bates were sitting in a room together with a microphone between them, Tyler Bates with his guitar, and it actually sounds really quite raw, almost kind of like punk um, attitude towards it. And to me, it actually brings new life into the new Marilyn Manson stuff. Hmm. Um, Because there's one track called We Know Where You Fucking Live, which is actually really fucking good. It's, it is a really good tune. But there are some really good songs on there. There's one track on there called Saturnalia that sounds a hell of a lot like Bauhaus. And that, I love Bauhaus. So for me, it was, I just heard that and I was like, hey, wait a minute. So um, that was really cool. Uh, what else have I been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of film schools, lots of film soundtracks. Um, going completely mental for well i'm still playing the nine inch nails eps that came out because i don't know if anybody else listens to nine inch nails i'd imagine there's quite a few people who do but when they released the ep not the actual events december of last year um they released it on vinyl and because i managed to get a copy earlier this year and i made made the faux pas of opening up opening it up because it came sealed and I thought to myself, I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. And I still haven't played it. But on the CD, <laughs> on the CD and the digital download, there's only five tracks. On the e- on the final EP, there are eight tracks. Ooh. So if anybody who's got it can comment and let me know what those fucking songs are, I would be interested to know. Because I've not played it. So I've got a vinyl player, but I've not actually played it. So you, you open the package. And you've taken it out, but you haven't played it. I haven't played it. I wanted That's to usually it. do with my vinyl, too. Yeah, I wanted to look at it to see how it felt and like, how it looked. And it looks nice. It looks really nice. But it was just um, when I saw, hang on a minute, there's five tracks on side one, there's three tracks on side two, and the last three tracks aren't actually listed on the vinyl or on the label or on the sleeve itself. So... I'm thinking, right, what's Trent Reznor up to providing three secret tracks? Motherfucker. So, um, yeah, there was that. Um, Film scores. I got the Serenity soundtrack on vinyl through Barnes & Noble um, a few weeks back, uh, which is kind of cool. I'm still Hey, Shane, did you you pre-order that Bloodbath um, autopsy vinyl? I did not. Oh, okay. I was just wondering if you got it or not, because I think it came out already where you are, but I think I'm still right. waiting on it. 
Well, I think I said to you before, man, I mean, if there's anything you want to order, just give me a shout. I'll order it for you, especially if it's UK-centric. That's cool, um, man. Yeah, I'll order it for you, and then I can send it to you, can't I? So uh, that's not an issue. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm waiting for my Day of the Dead vinyl soundtrack to turn up from Waxwork Records. Ah, that's so good. I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting. I'm still waiting. It was ordered last month. It shipped on the 6th of December, and it still hasn't turned up yet. You know, I was going to pre-order uh, Val uh, Persona 5 video game soundtrack vinyl from I Am 8-Bit Records. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who made my Sunset Riders vinyl, and it's beautiful right. and everything. But I don't know. Dude, the Sunset Riders vinyl? Yeah. That a, is fucking it's, awesome. It's gorgeous. I put it on my Instagram. It's phenomenal looking, and it sounds amazing. It's one of my oh, favorite man, I... games of all time. I love Sunset Riders. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the soundtrack's great. But uh, the problem with I Am 8-Bit Records, if for some reason any of you pre-order from them, they put like quarter 2, 2018 or quarter 3, 2018. And if you pre-order it on Amazon, it'll update like weekly. Like, hey, uh, it's going to come out next week. And then next week comes and it's like, oh, well, it's going to come out now next week. And now it's going to come out next week. I pre-ordered Persona 5 vinyl from them. And it, like, it took like two months for it to come out. And they have pre-orders yeah. now saying it's going to uh, – they have like a um, a bunch of rare games, uh, like Conker's Bad Fur Day. They have a vinyl coming mm-hmm. out for that. It's coming out like next summer, so just be wary. Jesus, yeah, when you pre-order from yeah. these places, because so, who knows when? Oh. See if they come out with the soundtrack for Space Hulk, the PS One game. Let what? me know. Because... <laughs> Space Hulk. Yeah, I have tried to play that once. It is terrible. Yeah, but dude, you got to remember back in the days of when the Stony Day Station first came out. That was one of the first games me and my buddies played, and I absolutely fucking loved the soundtrack for it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I never even heard of it. Mike, yeah. it has nothing to do with the Incredible. Hulk. Oh, I know. I'm looking yeah. at it. No, right no, 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 no. Forty no. uh, Warhammer. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's funny. But, um, <laughs> space Hulk. <laughs> I initially oh, pictured Hulk in space. And it- <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, no, it's pissed me off because I stopped getting um, uh, shipping details, you know, updates on the 14th of December. And it hasn't been updated since. And this has pissed me off a little bit because I'm still waiting for it. I mean, it cost me £40. Oh, yeah. So, um, and the vinyl itself looks fucking beautiful because it's like white with like red splatters all over it. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. It really does. And it's like the whole vinyl itself. It's got, it's got, um, sleeve liner notes by George Romero. And, um, I think it was one of the last projects he did because they've been working on it with him for a number of years. Well, it's probably because of Christmas too. I mean, that's holding everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a package from the Ukraine coming. It's for the Ukraine. Well, okay. What did you order from there? <laughs> I ordered two things for Val. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Um, if she's smart, she wasn't listening to this. But um, <laughs> well, it's not going to come out till after Christmas. So okay, good because I ordered her a watercolor poster of Silent or um, yeah, Silent Hill One, and wow. it's that's from the Ukraine, and that was like thirty bucks. And then I ordered her a um, a Splatterhouse retro poster from the uk both off etsy and the problem is the watercolor uh, silent hill was coming from ukraine and the last update was december 11th 
And I'm uh, like, oh, no. sweet. And then the Splatterhouse poster doesn't have tracking on it. I was like, awesome. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So I, and I emailed both companies, and they're, they both told me, due to Christmas, everything is fucked. So. Yeah, right. Well, basically, guys, all I'm going to say, I'll say it to you, too. If there is anything you want to order from the UK, give me a show, let me know, and then you can always PayPal me the money over or something, and then do it like that. I will let you know, Shane. Yep. Yeah. Because I do actually have PayPal set up now. Woo! Um, no, are you kidding? It took you this long to get PayPal. Yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> you just got a, didn't you just get a smartphone too? Hey, fuck you, bitches. You're living like a decade behind everybody else. <laughs> uh, I know, all right? Shut the fuck up, bitches. Wow. <laughs> but yes, no, I've actually got to go to the bank and say, hey, I've just set up a PayPal. How'd you work this out? Because I have no clue. Because um, I am old and... I'm so far behind the times of everybody else since just ludicrous. But yeah. Um, well, yeah, you're still buying vinyls and everything. <laughs> hey, fuck you, bitch. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> vinyl is the way to go. Come on, that's a little joke. I, I just bought some VHS for Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking VHS. Jesus Christ, man. How, how fucking... Although it wasn't, it wasn't for me, so. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean, uh, vinyl-wise, I mean, I'm buying lots of soundtrack stuff. I'm still eyeing up the Salem's Lot soundtrack from Waxwork Records. Yeah, it's still but, available. I want it. Yeah. And I just saw, I was in HMV yesterday, and I saw the Batman Returns vinyl soundtrack from Mondo. Oh. Um, only issue with that, I was not paying forty eight ninety nine for it. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, Shane, if you're interested, Waxwork is doing a subscription service. They do this every year. So if you sign yeah. up, you get like various amount of their vinyl that they release for next year it's 250 dollars, but i still think that's a bargain for what they release yeah i mean i, I did actually have a look at that and i thought to myself ah oh, shit i don't have 250 quid i don't know how much <laughs> i don't know how much the conversion is between quid um, and pounds and and stone quid and pounds the same things Shane, um, give me a quick quid pound conversion on that one <laughs> Oh, actually, I will come to think of it. Hold your fucking horses. Hold your horses, bitches. I'm getting on this. Um, we're looking at my phone. Where's the calculator? Oh, my oh, God. Jesus. Here Google we go. It. All right. There we go. Right. You let us... Let me get my phone my calculator. Currency converter. Right. I can tell you. I have Google right here. Oh, really? <laughs> The USD. Oh, no, I don't want it in Greek. Fuck off. It's 187 Give it go- pounds. Yeah. Give it a googs, mate. Yeah, I don't actually have 187 quid. Um, to, I don't have uh, 150, so looks like all those vinyl are just going to be thrown out the window. Yeah, but yeah, they're just going to dump them out. Yeah, they look beautiful though, because I mean, they're uh, I mean, just looking at it, they're re-releasing Night of the Living Dead on vinyl, the original soundtrack, and that looks. I mean. I haven't posted any pictures of it, but the description of it just sounds beautiful. It really does. So, uh, yeah, there is, um, there's that. And obviously they've got, because they are dedicating a majority of the soundtrack work to George Romero. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be a few Romero films that they're releasing on vinyl, which um, once a month would, I can, I could probably afford one or two. Um, <laughs> so, and also I have, I have a big project for myself coming up next year. Um, oh boy. 
I'm getting my horror movie icon tattoo sleeve started. Perfect. Shit, you're going to get it before me. I should probably get going on that. Yeah, I am booked in for a five-hour session on the 19th of January. Awesome. With my my friend Annie Bull. Um, So I will give Annie a shout-out. And also, Annie is, um, I will point this out, Annie is very interested in joining us for a podcast, providing we do Guillermo del Toro movies. Do I get a free tattoo? Um, If you fly over to the UK, you may have to discuss with her. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't get if you, you can't just mail one in no sadly not you can't do a transfer dude because they just look shit <laughs> you can get one of those sticker tattoos from the vending machines um, sweet yeah right they come inside an egg <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, um annie would like to join us at one point but <clears throat> annie annie is actually doing my tattoo for me and sweet um we're starting off well, it's, I say horror icons. It's my favorite horror icons, you know, kind of. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah, so I'm starting off with Eric Draven, Pennywise, Michael Myers, um, potentially Jason Voorhees. I'm doing Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Um, I am doing also uh, Sam from Trick or Treat. Oh, that's a good one. I'm also going to throw in Frank and Furter. Possibly Freddy, yeah, possibly Freddy Krueger, and just a yeah. few others that I love. You know, the horror icons that I love. It's all that matters. Yeah, yeah and I'm probably gonna um, do it on the tail end of Queen Alien as well. Sweet. You gotta keep the. Uh, you gotta keep some pictures coming up on the. Oh, I will. Uh, I will. On the Facebook page, that'd be sweet. Yeah. A little progress. Yeah, I'll be doing that. But like once I you said, get yours, I'm gonna be itching to get my next one. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So Shane grows a beard. We all got to grow beards. Then Shane starts getting uh, sleeves, and we're all going to be getting sleeves. <laughs> the thing is, I already have a half sleeve. I just need to finish it. Well, the thing is, right, this is the first tattoo that I will have had in 25 yeah. years. Damn. Because I have a tattoo on my left arm. It's just a small piece that I had 25 uh, And you're well, doing a five-hour session? Yep. Well, good luck with that. Cheers. I'm probably going to end up crying. Um I did six hours for my thing, and that was horrible. <laughs> that tattoo's sick. Yeah, I, it hurt a lot. Well, well the good thing is because I'm having, I'm having it. Obviously, I'm having it done on my on my right arm. But obviously, we can take breaks. Yeah. Because uh, obviously, Annie will have to take breaks while we're doing it. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where we will take breaks after a certain amount of time, go for a cigarette break, and like have something, have some munchies. Or whatever, because I have been advised to take snacks with, you know, sugary snacks. Oh, they said sex. Drinks. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> high energy sex. Yeah, let's have some. I shall get someone to come in and have high energy sex with me during my breaks of tattooing. <laughs> oh my god! That'll be me sneaking off to the bathroom for a quick hand job. Then, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, this is an emergency. Yeah, having a tattoo this. done. Um, but uh, yeah, so that is that's my big project for myself next year. Um, starting awesome, there. Shane. Well, we we all look forward to it. So do I. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait to get it done. Um, because we're going to go through. We're going to go through the design. I've already told her what I want initially. 
So it's we're going through the designs and then we're going to work out how it's going to look and then it will be inked onto my flesh. Yes. And I cannot wait. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get some uh, let's get some of our podcast out of the way now. What's yeah, up with you, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, we're going to me. Yeah. Yeah, because we have. All right. I'm going to do. I'll do a couple quick things. So it, it, again, continuing my embarrassment, I am m- making my way through Breaking Bad for the first time. Oh yeah. All right. So um. So yeah, that's still going. How, pretty how's good. it going? Good. Good. We're loving it. Okay. Good. There, I can see where people are saying there's some slumps. I think I'm in the beginning of season three now. Yeah, that's where it gets a little. And low. um, yeah, it's it's not as uh as exciting as the other seasons. Um, uh, I also been just watching Futurama lately. I don't know why. It's just it popped up on Netflix, and I'm like, yeah, I'll put this on in the background. And now I'm like watching the entire <laughs> fucking thing. Um, but a, a week ago, and this is interesting. I was uh, up on a work trip out of state, up in Vermont, and I couldn't fall asleep one night because fucking hotel sleep is terrible. So I'm sitting there, and I'm flipping through the channels, and Law & Order pops up, and I'm like, whatever. You know, I'll watch Law & Order SVU because who cares? It'll put me to sleep. And uh, the first scene pops up, and then they're talking to some guy, and he turns around, and it's Robin Williams. And I'm like, fucking Robin Williams is in an episode of SVU? What? I'm like, oh, I'm definitely watching this now. So now I watched the whole fucking thing. It was the weirdest one. He was doing, like, voice tricks over the phone to get people to molest women. <laughs> like, Why? <laughs> it, was, it was a great episode. Completely ridiculous. But, um... But yeah, and it was a Stabler episode too, which anyone that watches Law and Order knows those are the best ones. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I haven't really doing uh, too much other than just working my ass off and trying to squeeze out podcast edits when I can. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's go into uh, one of our first topics I wanted to discuss with you gentlemen. So this is the end of 2017. We've had a long and uh, amazing year, and I wanted to go over some of the best movies we watched. Not necessarily movies from 2017, but maybe just anything that we hadn't watched before and caught it in 2017. Um, and I thought of two categories, uh, my favorite horror movie of the year and my favorite movie of the year. So, um, I don't know. I know I didn't give you guys any instructions, but um, what do you got for us, Mike? What did you like this year? Um, well, I just did uh, horror movies, but um, I have five and I have two honorable mentions. All so right, what do you got? the the five that I watched, um, 1987's Blood Rage, mm-hmm. because that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did put that in a category of my yes, own. Yes, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, I want to really give a shout out to this next one. It's Dude Bro Party Massacre Three, and I don't know if any of you heard of it, but it was made by um, a website called Five Second Films. And from like, I don't know the exact date, but like 2007 to like 14 or 13, they did a five second video every weekday. And they aimed to make a slasher movie with the highest body count as possible. And that they called it Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. And it's filmed on like an 80s VHS. And there's a super high body count, all practical effects. And it's one of the funniest horror movies I've ever seen. It's hilarious. And it's all... Bo- How long is the final movie? It's like an hour and a half, I think. It was on Amazon Prime, which I that's what I watched on, but they took it off. But the movie's oh, hysterical. Gosh. 
And uh, it's all a bunch of like college bros getting killed, and they explain it's just kind of like Thanks Killing Three, where they explain like, well, one and two, this is what happened, but there is no one and two. Oh and, right, I get. And you. they did a Kickstarter for it, and it was super successful, super hilarious movie, and one of the the best ones I watched this year. I also want to throw up their uh, Train to Busan, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, that, that movie's awesome. A uh, zombie outbreak on a train can't go better than that. Uh, the Wailing, that's on Netflix. It's fantastic korean movie um it has a lot to do with like um like demons and like soul sucking and possessions and it's really badass um very long it's like two and a half hours but set aside some time for it because it's fantastic also subtitles um i want to throw up their gerald's game because i watched that a few weeks ago and that was phenomenal oh you've never seen it no um i watched it a couple oh. weeks ago and that I've was not even really seen that one it's it's something really yeah it's something yeah. I've never really seen before, and it was very refreshing. And actually, it holds one of the movies to actually make me wince for a change because I'm not mm. going to spoil, but that ending kind of scene where she's like you know fiddling around at like I couldn't watch that part, and they did the effects so well. I was like, what the fuck? I looked to Val and like I can't fucking do this right now. Um, and my favorite one, and it's also going to double as my favorite movie of the year, probably, is probably going to be Mother. And Really? Yes. Wow. I just, Controversial pick there. Yeah, right? I just watched this last night with Val. And she she thought it was okay, but I thought it was really good. Admittedly, I said this in the, the UHM group, I didn't really know what the hell was going on while watching it. But uh, yeah. after I read up about it and seeing what Darren Aronofsky was trying to do, um, I really appreciate the movie. The acting by Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem is phenomenal. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. And it made me feel like super claustrophobic. And it actually gave me like anxiety just watching it because there's so many times where they're alone and all these people like um, hoard in on them. And it's just overwhelming. And I have anxiety real bad. And it was just getting to me real bad. It's like, holy shit. I like had to pause it a couple times. I'm like, this is like, overwhelming um so i would really say and not everyone's gonna like it because it's super weird but i thought it was great there's some brutal fucking scenes to it really brutal scenes um so i'd put that up there as my uh top movie of the year and for horror films my two honorable mentions i want to give a quick thing to is happy death day which i thought was awesome Mm -hmm. and uh better watch out which was also really good sweet yep now, how about you, Shane? Did you uh, come up with anything? Right, uh, you know, I didn't even think about this, but because uh, when you men- <laughs> when you mentioned it, I was I was I was like, oh Christ, I've got to come up with a fucking movie list, right? Great, you know, all that kind of shit. But I'll try and squeeze a couple out if I can. Um, films that is not farts. Um, I'll tell you what, Shane. If if you want me to go first, because I have a couple on here. I'll um, go on then. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. You maybe do that. give you some inspiration. You can think about it for a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> So for horror movies uh, of the year, um, I think my favorite one that I watched um, that I hadn't seen is actually It. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great resurgence to classic, uh, you know, children's horror or more adult-oriented children's movies. And um, I fucking loved it. And I I think, uh, you know, upon watching uh, Stranger Things 2, uh, I think It is actually a better uh, kids uh, oriented type of thing than Stranger Things 2 was um, so I love that movie 
can't wait to watch it again. Uh, my Blu-ray is already pre-ordered, and I think it's coming out next month sometime. So, Are you getting the U.S. version or the U.K. version? I'm getting the U.S. Steelbook, sold exclusively from Target, I believe, which so, is the same Steelbook in the U.K. Yes, it is. I was going to say, because I've pre-ordered that as well. Yeah, um, the, that 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 steel book looks fucking amazing. Yeah, I've pre-ordered I've pre-ordered that from HMV. So yeah, yeah, yep, that's the one. The HMV uh, that that covers the same one that's on uh, the one I pre-ordered. I think it was Target. It could have been Best Buy, but I, I don't I don't really remember yeah. which one I ordered it from. Um, so yeah, I loved it. That's probably my favorite horror movie of the year. Uh, but my favorite movie of the year, and I thought about this. Um, I think my favorite movie of the year is actually Logan. Which came out at the beginning of 2017. Yeah, that's fucking super film. The fucking the last Wolverine movie, and it is fucking just fantastic. If you don't like superhero movies, I don't care. Watch this movie; it's fucking amazing. Even if you just have a you know just a basic background knowledge. Oh, Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine. Oh, I saw the first X Men movie. You know, t- 15 years ago, whenever it was. Um, this movie is the conclusion. It's fucking the end of him being Wolverine because he says he's never going to play the character again. And it's a fucking a great cowboy superhero fucking ultra gore. Fantastic movie. I, I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. And um, yeah, honorable mention. <clears throat> I think my favorite indie movie that I saw last year uh, was actually... Uh, the Black Coat's Daughter, I think I saw that, that the, I want to say in January, um, which I didn't even give a great review when I first saw it, but it's this, I have thought about this movie ever since I fucking watched it, and if a movie sticks with you that much, it's got to mean something. It's a real slow burner. If people don't like slow burner movies, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> like, if you, because I know there's certain types of people that don't like them. Oh, yeah. So this is. This is absolutely the slowest of slow burns there is. It's all about tension building and about the setting and about all this other shit, but I don't know. It stuck with me. I really liked it, so that's yeah. kind of my favorite indie movie of the year. So how about you, Shane? What do you got? Right, um, well, favorite horror movie of the year obviously goes to It, because I fucking loved It. Um, I thought it was just a superb movie, um, and it just made me feel really nostalgic as well. So it was that was kind of that was pretty fucking cool because of the year it was set as well because they obviously those who haven't seen it it was they changed the setting from fifty eight to eighty five where this one is eighty nine eighty eight eighty nine and the next one will be twenty six twenty fifteen twenty sixteen but um, it just it was everything about it it was just the soundtrack and like. The kids in it were fucking superb. And the girl who plays Beverly, she was probably one of the best actors out of the lot. I thought she was just superb in everything, all her delivery, the works. It was great. Um, but yeah, um, it is definitely my favourite horror movie of the year. My favourite movie of the year after that would be Train to Busan. Hmm. Um, Wait a second. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait a second. How could it be your favorite horror movie in Train to Busan as your favorite movie? I know it's Isn't that a horror movie? It's a horror movie, but it's on a different level. So if you haven't seen it, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I guess I'm just a little confused in your categories, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Um, and Shane left. <laughs> no, I haven't left. I was sitting he forward. Quit. I was I was adjusting myself on my chair. Oh. Uh, exactly. Well, don't leave any stains. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> when it comes to TV, obviously, Stranger Things season two was just the absolute dog's bollocks. Um, and, the dog's and, bollocks. No, yeah. I don't know if that's a yeah, good thing or a bad or thing. Bad? Yeah. That's a good thing. Oh. I've learned. Right, no, no, I have learned this from Brian Boudreaux. Um, basically, because there's a saying you guys say in the states called the cat's ass. Yep, I've yeah, never heard that. Right. Well, basically, the cat's ass is basically the same thing as the dog's bollocks. So this is something I learned this year after a drunken drunken conversation with Brian. He was drunk. I was sober. So yeah, it was. Um, a drunken conversation there, but so we could blame this on him. That's yeah, what you're saying basically, and because um, he taught me this, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but um, when it comes to online stuff, um, I'm gonna give um, give Ben Rock a shout out. Ben is a member of the UHM group on Facebook. He is the proud owner of a company called Twenty Seconds to Live where it's a film short called 20 Seconds to Live. And basically these are two to three minute long um, vignettes of uh, everyday situations where people die. And then as people are about to die, because you never know who it is, you get the countdown come up. So you got tw- it countdown, counts down from 20 to no- and then it gets to, zero, gets to zero and then a person dies of it. And it is absolutely hilarious. It's so fucking funny. Um, some of the best best uh, clips I've seen. I mean, I think my favourite one was um, the Christmas Day episode they released last year, where it's basically there's a family sitting in a house and there's a zombie apocalypse going on and they're trying to celebrate Christmas in the best way they know how. And then a zombie falls down the chimney and uh, yeah, all this kind of shit. So it is actually really, really fucking funny. So 20 Seconds to Live um, is my favourite online um, season, series. Because each episode is, like I say, each episode is like two or three minutes long. And um, the entire season lasts for about 20 minutes so it's just superb in every way sweet all right so that that's our uh best of 2017 i guess um i'm sure we're gonna have more comments on it later uh but if you guys have any ideas of your favorite thing you watched in 2017 you know send them in either to uh the gmail or on the facebook group just let us know and uh we're gonna get into our topic for today which is the new year's movies new year's horror movies uh, which I was surprised to find there's actually quite a quite a few, way more than like Thanksgiving or anything. Um, so yeah, these are just horror movies that take place on New Year's. Um, some of them you've probably heard of, some of them maybe you haven't. Uh, just a quick list on here. We got New Year's Evil, Bloody New Year, Terror Train, Steel Trap, The Signal, Daywatch, which I forgot was even a horror movie, um, Lifeblood, Sickness House, End of Days, Ghost Keeper, and Strange Days. So um, we'll start off uh, with our first selection. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Um, which one do you want to go into first? Uh, I'll do Bloody New Year. 
<clears throat> okay, good. Because this is, I haven't seen this one, and I've been looking forward to hearing about it. I've not seen well, this one either. Well, you're not going to be in a hurry. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Bloody New Year. Uh, it was directed by Norman J. Warren, who also did Horror Planet, Spaced Out, and Prey. It was written by Fraser Pierce, who's done nothing, and starring Susie Atchison, who does TV, Nikki Brooks, who did Autopsy, The Last Hours Of. And what I found super interesting is there's an actor in here named Mark Powley. He did TV, but he also did motion capture for Horizon Zero Dawn. What? Yeah. He, and he's one of like, the actual, like, uh, not a main character, but a good, important character in the, in the game. So that I found that super interesting, and I think I'm going to start doing this every movie I do because that that I would never know. Um, yeah. Also, Steve Wilshire, he's a stuntman. He did he does stunt uh, work for The Strain, Dark Matter, Ransom, and Designated Survivor. Uh, so the movie starts off with literally the first eight full minutes are just people riding roller coasters at a carnival. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, one girl goes on a tilt-a-whirl, and some bullies that look like they're in their mid-30s start harassing her. They're wearing black leather jackets and stuff, so you know they're bullies. Um, So she's getting kind of ganged up on, and for some reason, the tilt-a-whirl operator in the middle, he comes out and starts harassing the girl with the bullies. (laughs) And uh, so one of the girl's friends pulls out like a part on the electrical box, and the ride stops. And the girl escapes, and all the the bullies and the tilt whirl operator <laughs> fall down, and they like jump and fall down. And uh, one of the guys is like, "You're not gonna operate your tilt whirl without this." And they the bullies chase the girl and her friends all over the amusement park. Eventually, um, also the tilt whirl operator is also chasing them, obviously. So eventually, the kids escape in a jeep with a boat attached, and they set sail. And they're on water, and the the boat hits a rock, and the boat starts sinking. They wind up on an island or uh, someplace, and they find a hotel where there are Christmas decorations up. and And on TV, they find this old TV that's playing this like vintage thing of how there's like a time warp, and how uh, there's like uh, investigations going on to like time warping and ghosts and stuff. It, it, like literally, there's like half a scene dedicated to that. Um, the whole hotel ends up being haunted and the kids start seeing things that aren't there and they joke about being stuck in a time warp and they start dying from these ghosts that keep killing them. Um, one of the notes I have here is the tilt whirl operator actually comes to the island and finds them and punches a hole through the girl's chest <laughs> and then the girl gets possessed and kills him. And ends up possessed for the rest of the film. Um, With a hole in her chest. Yeah, well, it's not there, obviously, the next scene, because that's how this, oh. you know. But um, the uh, some positives of this, where there's a lot of cool ideas. Like, people are seeing stuff that aren't there. And um, there's a scene where a kid is making fun of uh, a black and white film being played while they go into, like, an old theater that's, for some reason, a movie's being shown. And he's making fun of it, and one of the characters from the black and white movie actually jumps out of it and kills the kid and scratches him on the face, and he dies. Um, the camera work is actually pretty decent. I was surprised. There are a lot of nice shots, like, here and there that shouldn't be for this kind of movie. 
Um, the editing is also pretty good. Uh, they see possessed things in one shot, and then they like literally turn around. That person's not there. It was pretty cool the way they did it. Uh, and the acting is uh, actually kind of decent. Uh, it's not the best, but uh, it's, it's pretty decent. Uh, the negative film. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> for some reason, on IMDb, it says it's from France. So I don't yeah. know if it was shot in France and just filled with British people and one American person. I don't know. No, I'm looking at the page. It's actually filmed in Wales. Oh, okay. In the UK. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, some negatives I had about it were there's no music in certain like intense scenes. So like someone's in a um, uh, an elevator, for example, and someone and they're getting attacked, but there's no music, so it's kind of goofy. Like, I can't take it seriously. There's no, like, intense music because it's just a guy, like, going, ah, 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 like, grunting after the girl. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, it has really bad pacing issues. Horrible. Like, it's pretty goddamn boring. The, the majority of the movie, they're just running around. They go from the hotel to outside. They find something. They go back to the hotel. They go back outside and vice versa. It's very slow. Uh, and But the sound for the film is pretty decent. Like, um... They really want to, like, get you in with jump scares. So she'll be, like, rattling through a kitchen, and she'll slam a pot down. She'll be like, oh, sorry. And while that's good, the film is just way too goofy to jump at these sounds because these people, while the acting is decent on their own, when they act, like, possessed, it's it's horrible. So it's it's not scary in the slightest, but they really – I could tell they really tried with this, and that's what I give it credit for. But other than that uh, – yeah, it's. I don't want to, you know, go too far into it because it's it's like a like a ghost slasher in a way, and hmm. uh, it's pretty much all there is to it. It's nothing really worth uh, seeking out for, but if it's on, I I'd give it a watch. I guess it's okay. Yeah, if you come across it on Amazon or something, uh, I wouldn't even buy it. Oh, why? Right. <laughs> no, I meant more like Amazon Prime. Uh yeah, I guess. If, yeah. Let's say it's not worth signing up for Amazon Prime for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was actually confused because when uh, when you said this one, I looked it up and it said also known as Horror Hotel. Yeah. And Horror Hotel is is also go is another movie that also goes by the name of City of the Dead that has Christopher Lee in it. And I'm like, oh, I think I've seen that. I'm like, I didn't realize it was on New Year's. And then I went back and looked. I'm like, oh, this is not the same movie at all. Like, the one I'm thinking of with, like, Christopher Lee is, like, this New England witch movie. And there's a bunch of people. The whole town is, like, witches and stuff. It's all black and white. It's a real old movie. And I'm like, oh, this is not what they're talking about. Well, yeah. And uh, I didn't understand that this was a New Year's Eve movie until, like, like, literally, like, an hour into it. Because when they first get to the hotel, there's a whole bunch of Christmas decorations up. And, um, one of the, they see, they keep seeing these apparitions of people celebrating New Year's Eve, 1959, going into 1960. And like, that's as much New Year's Eve as it can get. So the film yeah. doesn't spew New Year's Eve as much as like New Year's Evil, but it's, I guess it's, uh, known as one. So. All right. <clears throat> Interesting. All right. Excellent. So let's move on. I'll go to the first movie uh, that I selected. Um, I actually picked End of Days, <clears throat> which isn't a straightforward horror movie. It's uh, more sort of like an action uh, religious type with like horror elements thrown into it, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, it's from 1999, directed by Peter Hyams, and stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, dude. And... <laughs> <laughs> When this movie came out, man, 
I was like fucking so pumped. Um, just because it was like, I, immediately from the trailers and everything, you could see this is a different kind of Schwarzenegger movie. It wasn't, you know, just the, the typical action movie that he's always in. And it wasn't one of his goofy comedies. This is like something else. So I was really pumped for this when it came out. Uh, it's also got Gabriel Byrne in it. Uh, who who plays essentially the physical embodiment of the devil, yeah. which was interesting because in the same year Stigmata came out and he played the priest in Stigmata who is the good guy. So it's like you've got these same types of movies where it's uh you know it's like the devil coming to earth and in one he's like the good guy and the other he's Satan himself. Uh, it's also got Robin Tunney, Robin Tooney. I don't know how to say her name. Yeah, it is Tunney. Uh, as Tunney. Yeah. Tunney. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's in this, and she's fucking shit. She's the worst. Yep. Um, does a terrible job in this. And, of course, also horror legend Udo Kier is in this as um, an evil priest-type guy. Of course. Uh, usually, <laughs> usually, uh, why would, right? he either plays an evil priest or a vampire. <laughs> it's one of the two. That's it. Yeah. But it's always great seeing him in anything. So, yeah, this movie's basically, um, it's about Schwarzenegger, who is this sort of... Uh, down on his luck bodyguard who used to be a cop uh, now he works in the private sector and right from the opening scene where you see him um, he's like debating killing himself he's got like a gun to his head and he's ready to end his life and apparently it's because his uh, wife and kid uh, had uh, died at some point and he just doesn't want to go on and he lives in this slummy apartment and there's shit everywhere and he drinks the most disgusting breakfast shake you've ever seen that's like an old cup of coffee a slice of pizza some chinese food a bottle of pepto-bismol like just fucking the grossest shit and he blends it and i'm convinced schwarzenegger actually drank this shit i i, I don't think that was a prop or anything i think he's like yeah whatever i'll do it and just chugs it down um but uh the movies is he's essentially trying to protect this girl who, uh, if the devil sleeps with her, brings about the Antichrist and, you know, the end of the world. And it's all prophecies and stuff that have to do with, like, the Pope is in it and uh, all the cardinals and this, like, crusade of, um, of, I guess you could say, holy priests are trying to kill the girl to prevent Satan from uh, having sex with her. So Schwarzenegger's job is to protect her not only from Satan, but from the priests who are trying to kill her as well. So they're running around the city and Satan possesses people and, you know, tries to trick them. And there's weird uh, special effects and some uh, interesting CGI choices, like I said, call it. Not necessarily good, but interesting. And, um, yeah, there's action. There's a little bit of horror thrown in. And and it's pretty intense, the entire movie. So um, I'm a big fan of this one. It up until so now I haven't seen Maggie yet, but from what I understand, that's the best Schwarzenegger acting. But I always thought this was my favorite Schwarzenegger acting um, because he's he's not playing the same character you always see. It's like he actually has motivation and like you know he's not just a you know a big muscle bound dumb guy. He has an interesting personality to him and stuff. So this movie always uh always stood out to me. Uh, Shane, I think you're a fan of this movie, right? Yeah, I like this movie. It's um, for me, obviously. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but it, all the cheesy qualities about it is pretty epic. And not only that, the soundtrack has suited it so fucking well. Because I mean, you, yes. you, so I was. Yeah, I mean, you. Had, and I got to look it up, Shane, because I just had it open previously and I closed it. I yeah, it and uh, it's got professional murder music on there. You have got corn. 
You've got fucking Rob Zombie, Guns N' Roses, Limp Biscuit. You know, it's got some really cool metal tracks on there. Um, yeah, it's it's like if you're in the '90s and into new metal, this was your uh, <laughs> this was your go-to. Yeah, it was it was a good soundtrack album, but then nowhere near as good as the Spawn soundtrack. Let's face it. Oh my god! Well, I'm just gonna run through some uh, some names here, Mike. All right, you ready? Sure. All right, we got Corn, of course, Everlast. Yep. Professional murder music. Never heard of them. Okay, Limp Biscuit. Of course, uh, yeah, they're on everything back in the day. As I, right. uh, Guns I, and Roses. Yeah, I affectionately call Limp Biscuit a soggy Garibaldi. <laughs> Guns and Roses. Yeah. Um, The Prodigy. Of course. <laughs> Rob Zombie. Uh, hack, hack. <laughs> Eminem. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's a good one. Power Man 5000. Uh, I dabble in Power Man 5000. <laughs> I doubt. Isn't that Rob Zombie's nephew? His brother. His brother. Oh, it's his brother. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, Stroke. Never heard. Who I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Sonic Youth. I've heard of him, but not listened. Oh, that's a classic from the 90s, man. And fin- finishing it up, Mike. Here we go. Creed. Oh, God. What song? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Wrong Way, but I do not remember it. I don't so know. I've never heard of that like- one. But I know I own the soundtrack. It's probably sitting on my... Well, I owned it at one point. It was, you know, in my slip of CDs that you slide over your um, sunblocker in your in your car. But I don't know what happened to the, the disc itself. Um, but looking at this list, I'm like, I don't think I want to listen to this anymore. Next time Belle's on, put it in the back of your mind to ask her if she could do a Scott Stapp impersonation. Because she, uh. she does a wonderful, wonderful Creed impersonation. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. See, the thing is, right, because that, that Guns N' Roses track, Oh My God, was their first song they'd recorded since 1995. Right, and right. Was, that's that's the first post-slash song. Yes, and it's got um, Robin Fink from Nine Inch Nails played guitar on that. And um, I think it was Chris Verena from Nine Inch Nails played drums on it. Mm-hmm. And... It was probably one of the better Guns N' Roses songs that they'd released in the last fucking 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, they're what, um, Chinese Democracy. Oh, man. Um, that, was, that, was that song on it? Did it end up being on that? Uh, I, remember. I can't remember. I never bought Chinese Democracy because I my neighbor bought it and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he went, oh, it's the new Guns N' Roses album. And I went, well, this sounds like shit. So yeah. Um, yeah, I listened. I listened to it. It wasn't as bad as I think a lot of people made it out to be. But at yeah. the same time, I'm not going to go back and listen to it. No. See, I mean, we could do a whole different podcast on like music trivia, and I could fill that fucker up. You know, I could just talk for hours about that because there's a lot of stuff and a lot of stories about that album that came came to light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I really like the soundtrack. Um, the film. How about the movie? Shane? Uh, yeah. What do you think of the, the movie? movie the movie's pretty cool, actually. Um, I like the whole aspect of like Gabriel Burns playing like the devil, the physical embodiment. And yeah, yeah. I agree with you about um, Robin Tony being a bit shit because basically she's shit in pretty much everything that she does. Except yeah, she was garbage. It, she was so bad. She made Schwarzenegger look amazing. Yeah, except um, she was really good in Empire Records. So mm. yes, I forgot about that movie. I have that on DVD. That's, I need to watch that again at some point. But um, it's, you know, it's, the story was pretty cool, but I don't think anyone could have played played that character as well as Arnie. 
Um, there was originally, it, oddly enough, it was written for like Tom Cruise, I think. Yeah, Tom. which would have been just fucking ridiculous. I Tom would, Cruise would never have been able to pull it off. I would never have watched it if it was Tom Cruise. No, no, but I think you could have gotten somebody to be like this, you know, hard nosed ex cop. I mean, there's pl- there's plenty of people in Hollywood that could have done it, but I think it was interesting putting Schwarzenegger in that role. You know, letting him letting him actually stretch out a little bit of his acting chops. Yeah. Um. You ever see this one, Mike? Yeah, a long time ago, and I'm a Schwarzenegger fanboy. I love sure. pretty much everything Schwarzenegger has done, but uh, it's been a while since I watched this. Yeah, yeah, this one's worth. But but since we had mentioned music earlier, I wanted to run something by you, Mike. Did you know there's not a single Austrian Death Machine song based on this movie? Really? Yeah, none. And I feel that's a that's a shame because I pulled out a few quotes here. And for anyone who doesn't know Austrian Death Machine, um, they're a heavy metal band. Uh, what's the guy's name? Tim Lambasis. Yeah. Um, yeah, led by Tim Lambasis, and the entirety of the point of Austrian Death Machine is they take Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes quotes and turn them into songs, and they have an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator doing like background vocals on them, um, and they're ridiculous. It's like it's the funniest and the awesomest thing to listen to at the same time. Um, but none of the quotes in this movie got turned into one. So I, I pulled a selection of quotes that I think would make great Austrian death machine songs. Well, when Tim Lambesis right? gets out of jail for attempting to kill his wife, then I'm sure he'll, <laughs> for, for paying, for paying a hitman to kill his yeah. wife. Tim, if you're listening, here's some ideas for you. These are free of charge. Yeah, and Mike right, so... Mike funded that, by the way. We'll yes, I did. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mike funded the attempted murder. <laughs> well... <laughs> No, okay, real quick. Uh, they were doing a kickstarter for the third album. I, I just love Austrian Death Machine, so I was like, "Hey, I'll throw money into it." And it was rumored that he took some of that money to hire the hitman to uh, to kill him. But he didn't go through with it, and you know, I, I come out scot free. All right. Well, congratulations to you for for you know making it out of there, Mike. Go on. <laughs> All right, so so here's my Arnold quotes. I'm going to try to do them in an Arnold voice. Oh, yeah. You're a fucking sorry. choir boy compared to me. A choir boy. Oh, do you a... want me to say something after each one? Yeah, what do you think? I, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me All to right. say? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what I want. I want you to go to hell. That'd be a good one. That's a good one. Between your face and my Glock 9mm, I take the Glock. <laughs> that's, that's the best one so far. <laughs> and then the final one, the final one's just a joke based on the uh, the the, um, the breakfast he ate in the morning after he took a big <laughs> swig of this pizza Pepto-Bismol coffee concoction. He goes, you know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Perfect. But I like the Glock one as the well. The Glock one I think is the best. The Glock one is the best one. In fact, let's give kudos to Ryan for his impersonation of Arnie. Yes, sounded just like no. him. No, thank you. Fuck's sake, all right. So yeah, end of days, uh, <laughs> excellent movie to watch. So that's that's my uh, that's my once over. All right, Shane, let's go to your selection. What do you got here? Right, well, I'm going to go, it's not um, in exactly a horror movie as such but um it's a film called strange days that came out in 1995 and it's got um ray fines it was directed by Catherine bigelow and it's got ray fines angela bassett and juliette lewis tom sizemore and basically it's about um a former cop who's a street hustler and he uncovers a conspiracy 
um, involving like uh, what is a V VR virtual reality um, kind of thing. Um, well, no, it's not virtual reality actually. Basically, there's these um, tapes that do the rounds where you see the last moments of people's lives or you see people's memories. And basically what it is, it's people wearing like this VR kind of headset and they're filming um, all these like memories and stuff like that. And apparently it was kind of like a major thing. And somebody is going around and taking these VR headsets and filming murders. And um, Ray Fiennes basically gets one of these tapes and he starts freaking out and then he starts to investigate um, who it is and what's going on. And there's quite a few people that are involved. Um, and there are also a few people that are trying to stop him from um, exposing it all. And uh, it's, it's one of those films that you... I, I didn't know what to expect when I watched it for the first time. Bear in mind, it is 22 years old. And it was kind of ahead of its time as well in the aspects of like the whole VR thing. Um, so it was uh, it is pretty fucking um, pretty interesting to watch because this was set around New Year's Eve. There's like big mm-hmm. New Year's Eve celebration towards the end. And um, I think it was set in 1998 towards on the cusp of 99. Um, but uh, the the film itself it's got a really good story. Um, some of the acting in it is a bit hokey. Tom Sizemore, um, you're guilty for this one. Um, but you've also got uh, Angela Bassett playing like she's like a bodyguard, and she fucking kicks ass in this. Uh, really? Yeah, she really does. She's uh, she don't take no fucking shit. She's pretty hardcore in this one. Um, but just looking at it, looking at who you've got in there, you've got Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, Juliette Lewis, who plays a singer in a nightclub, and she's also a re- well. Obviously, if you've heard of Juliette in the Licks, you know she can sing. But she actually sings a couple of songs in this, including a PJ Harvey track, which caught my attention because I'm I'm a PJ Harvey fan. Um, yeah, and then you've got Michael Wincott is in it as well, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, all playing like characters in this film that are all involved in it all, and uh, it's it's an interesting take on a thriller. It's more of a thriller than it is a horror, if you see what I mean. But um, mm-hmm. it's got a Got, it's got some really good performances in it. Um, it also has a fucking kick-ass soundtrack. Because there, um, there was a band that did the rounds in the 90s. I don't know if you guys may have heard of them, but they were called Skunk and Antsy. And, nope. uh, no? Oh, right, okay. And uh, basically, they got a part in this movie. They were playing the, they play the band um, who are uh, performing on a street as the riots are kicking off. So uh, that was pretty fucking awesome. Also, this is uh, one of the first movie soundtracks that featured... Uh, oh, no, it wasn't, actually. It, yeah, it was the first soundtrack to feature Skunk and Nancy um, in, uh, the, um, in the US. 
because they hadn't really made it over there. And this was like their big break. <clears throat> and um, it didn't actually happen for them, unfortunately. But uh, it, everything about this, the soundtrack was really cool because it kind of fit it um, quite nicely. Um, and, oh, shit, I forgot where I was going with this. Bollocks. So what's the... Uh, uh, is there any kills or anything in the movie? Yeah, you, yeah, there there like are, flip out? yeah, there are kills in the film because basically you see them being filmed. Because each each tape that Ray Fine's character gets, it's um, it starts off all nice, like all memories of like him and his ex-wife and all this kind of stuff. But then he gets all these tapes of people basically being stalked and murdered. So you get to see. You get to see people being killed, like being thralled and strangled and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, it's like him trying to work out who the fuck is doing it, which is really great. It adds a, adds a nice little mystery to it. And eventually you do find out who it is, but it's one of those films when you watch it and you think, oh, okay, this could be um, this could be an interesting film to watch for New Year's. And in fact, I might even put it on later on. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a Catherine, a Catherine Bigelow movie, which I was surprised I hadn't, you know, even seen this or really heard of it myself. Yeah. Um, she's pretty fucking awesome. Um, especially even in the horror community, you know, she did um, Near Dark, a uh, classic vampire movie from the 90s. Yeah. So that was one of her earlier films, and then she did this, I guess. So that's pretty cool. I'd, I'd definitely check this out. I mean, it's got a 7.2 on IMDb, so... It is one of those. Yeah, but what do they know? They only uh, give end of days like a five point something. Yeah, but... clowns. <laughs> but this film's quite a long one. It's about two and a half hours long as well. Okay. So it is. It is one of those films you can sit there, you can watch it, and you think to yourself, "Fucking hell, will this end? When will this end?" But <clears throat> then the story kind of picks up, and it, although it's quite lengthy, it, it's kind of a steady pace throughout the whole thing. Mm. But you know me. I mean. I do, I do love my soundtracks. So, listen, listening to this one and get Marilyn Manson on there as well as Skunk and Nancy and uh, Tricky as well, which is pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's a really good soundtrack. I do actually own this on DVD, so I'm probably going to end up watching this later on. Hmm. Awesome. Have you ever seen this one, Mike? Uh no, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Kind of alone on that. No, I'm, I'll have to check this one out, Shane. It's a uh... Good pick on that one, and it actually slipped by of uh, every other New Year's uh, list that I came across. You were the only person that you like came up with it right off the uh, fucking bat. You're like, oh yeah, this movie. Yeah, see, it, I mean, it'd been a while since I watched it, so and it was, it's re- it is a really cool film because I mean, like I say, I saw it 22 years ago. It came out in 1995, yeah. so it was. Uh, I've always thought it was a really cool film, and then I and then I managed to pick up a copy on blue on DVD. Um, a few years back and it is one of those films I watch it when I'm in the mood for it and it's Ray Fiennes pre-Voldemort you know so he actually <laughs> has a face in this one um, <laughs> a nose and everything yeah huh? yeah it's pretty cool sweet yeah awesome so, uh, so what's your next pick there Mike uh, I did Terror Train nice yeah um, okay well if- any of you don't know, Terror Train, it was made in 1980. It was directed by Roger Spottiswood. 
Uh, he also directed Six Day, Tomorrow Never Dies, Shake Hands with the Devil. It was written by uh, T.Y. Drake. Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, God. <laughs> he ri- it was written by T.Y. Drake, who directed and written The Keeper. And it stars uh, Ben Johnson, who's in The Wild Bunch, Red Dawn, Bite the Bullet, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's been in everything, um, yep. and Hart Bachner, who's in Die Hard, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Apartment Zero. Who is he in Batman, Mask of the Phantasm? I have no idea. You son of a bitch. You, you caught my interest on that, and I'm like, what? I have never seen Mask of the Phantasm, but I hear... <laughs> it's, 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 it's an animated one. No, I know, but I hear it's, I hear it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, See, I'm, now I, I'm looking. I can't believe I've never actually seen this because it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, Shane. I am. When we mentioned it, I'm like, "Oh, you've definitely seen this." It's Jamie Lee Curtis from 1980, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, I've never seen it. I can I think. Um, See, because I picked up my obsession of Jamie Lee Curtis from a very early age, and it was me and my brother Lloyd were both obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis, and he was the one who had a couple of posters up in his room. And I would steal these posters and hide them. And when he moved out, I actually put the posters up on the wall. And, you know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, sweet, sure. sweet dreams. Hey, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. But it's, uh, yeah, I just can't believe I've never seen this one. I've seen, the f- there's a f- mind you say that there's a few films I've seen that has, ja- oh, I've not seen with Jamie Lee Curtis. Primarily the Christmas movie she did, because it's a Christmas movie, and I don't do Christmas movies much. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny that you bring those fucking old vanities in it as well. You find out who was yeah, the Mask of the Phantasm? I just looked it up, Mike, so here we go. He, he just plays a guy named Arthur Reeves who is like a, uh, a mob guy who, who sells one of the characters off to the mob, and Batman confronts him. But more importantly, he plays Ellis in Die Hard. Oh. The sketchy cokehead. Yep. Yes. Classic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. What's so? What what else is going on in territory? Okay, so it starts off at a college uh, New Year's Eve party, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is part of a prank to pretend that she's lying on a bed so a virgin can fuck her. Um, it's kind of like a college, uh, like a frat thing. So you have to wear, like, they're wearing, like, these yarmulke-looking things on their heads if they're a virgin. That they can only take them off if, you know, after they get laid. So one of the guys gets promised he's going to have sex with Jamie Lee Curtis. He goes in the room. And uh, she's behind, like, a thing going, hey, she's like, kiss me, kiss me. And the guy goes to kiss her, and it's actually a corpse from a nearby, like, hospital. Because the guy's a janitor there. And he got the corpse. So, instead of the kid just going, oh, shit. He, like, really freaks out. And he flies off the deep end. And he ends up getting tangled in, like, the bed curtains. Or whatever the hell you call them. And, uh, after that scene, it flash forwards to three years later. And the kids, again, I keep calling them kids, but they're college people. Yeah, and, right. They're 30-year-olds yeah, playing, yeah. like, 17-year-olds. college kids. And they, um... They're getting onto a train for a New Year's Eve party. Um, and a mysterious killer kills one of the, the college kids who has a mask on. And he sneaks onto the train as one of their friends. So, um, which I put a note down here because the kid who gets killed at the beginning, he uh, actually rolls under the train before it goes off and he gets crushed by the train. Yes. Which is fantastic. Um 
throughout the whole movie, you know, college kids are getting killed and you finally find out who the killer is. And it's, it's, it's a pretty neat movie. Um, I, I didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. Um, mm-hmm. There's a magician in the movie who looks exactly like astronomer Carl Sagan. <laughs> Do you know who the magician is, at least? No. <laughs> the magician is played by David Copperfield. Oh, sh- oh, that's why he looks familiar. Okay. Well, he looks exactly <laughs> like astronomer Carl Sagan. That's all I'm saying. As Carl Sagan, David yeah. Copperfield. Um, some positives I have down about the movie is the acting is really good. Um, for a goofy type of like train horror film, it's it's it has a really unique story to it, and that yeah. uh, the reveal at the end and the ending kill is awesome slash hilarious. Um, some negatives I have about it: it's just too much magic. I never thought I would have to put that down <laughs> in a too much in magic. a horror film, but I... the first hour is like a solid of just like a David Copperfield magic, and I'm just like, oh, I know exactly fuck. what you're talking about. Um, like when you watch the movie, you're like, come on, just fucking get to it. Yeah, and it's like I, I I didn't watch this to watch a magician. I watched this to see people get killed, and like in the first hour, there's like two deaths, and I'm just like sitting mm-hmm. there, and that's another thing. It's the pacing issues. It's really bad. Uh, they could have cut a half hour off this movie easily and it still would have been super effective and it needed a lot more gore for being a slasher film and needed some more gore. There wasn't that much and I was pretty surprised at that. Yep. So uh, other than that, I think it's once again, okay. It's a little disappointing for me. I like Jamie Lee Curtis in it, but other than that, I just think it's, uh, I, I wouldn't seek it out or buy it. No, have you? Have you ever seen uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's Prom Night? Uh, a long time ago, but I don't remember it. Because I, I like to compare this movie to Prom Night because it's you know it's a Jamie Lee Curtis slasher movie, just like that one was. Um, although it's not Halloween or one of her more, I guess you could say one of the more famous mm-hmm. ones that she's in. But people tend to give more praise to Prom Night, and I feel this is a better movie than Prom Night. Okay, well I got I got to um, watch Prom Night again. It's like I said, it's been a few years, so. Yeah, it's it's super slow and super boring. Uh, again, it has pacing issues just like this movie does. Um, but I feel like the saving grace of this movie is that it's on a train. Yeah. And I kind of like that there's there's nowhere to go. Like, what are you going to do? You're on a train. You move forward or you can move backwards, and that's it. Yep. <clears throat> so I think it's like a good setting to have a uh, a horror movie for, and I'm actually surprised they haven't used it, you know, more in the pa- in uh, subsequent movies after this one. Yeah, and I see I like that a lot too. And the the there had a unique plot to it. It kinda reminded me of what that one movie that's uh takes place on a train and it's the end of the world. Oh, uh where Captain America yeah. has to fight his way to the front. I mean it's of the obviously train. not the same, but I, I like, you know, movies that take place on like those super small areas. And like you said, you can't just yeah. like go anywhere so it's on a train. But I, I think yep. this movie's watching just for the reveal alone. Because that was astounding <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah i i enjoyed this one i think it's um you know it's and it's a classic slasher it's it's from 1980 so it's really early in the slasher cycle um so they really hadn't figured out everything there was to figure out in the slasher world um but yeah if you're interested in slasher movies and especially of course jamie lee curtis and you know any uh, any classic horror like that this one's it's worth watching i've seen so many worse slashers um this one's better than average, I would say. Yeah. Not that it's great. Yeah, I, I, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd say it's okay. You say it's okay. Yeah. Sort of like right on. Sort of like what? 
right on the middle. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a five out of ten. Well, I'd give uh, yeah the first movie I review. What the hell's the name of it? Bloody New Year. I'd give that like a four <laughs> out of ten. Solid. This is like a little better than that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, Shane, you got to catch this one. I'm, I'm I'm amazed you haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll have to try and hunt this one down, I think. Um, let me see if I can find it on Amazon. Yeah, it's out there. They they had a recent release. Uh, I want to say Scream Factory recently released it. Okay. Um, so there's, there's probably more out there. Maybe, you know, in Arrow and Scream Factory are always going back and forth. There's probably an Arrow release as well. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, I'll... I'm not gonna have a look. See if I can find it. Hang on. It's on IMDb yeah. or IMDb. It's on Amazon DVD for like seven bucks, and the uh, collector's edition. It looks like Scream Factory artwork, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, twenty two ninety seven, which I think is insanely overpriced for this. Right. That is. That sounds expensive because it's not new from Scream Factory. It's like years and years ago, I think. See, so they, it should be in the fifteen dollar range for the Blu-ray, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Um, there's not even a region two release for the look of it. Oh, there's gotta be oh. Terror Train. Yeah, I'm looking. I am actually looking. Um, now everyone's looking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on it's on Amazon Prime Video for free. Oh, there so. you go. All oh, right. See, I don't have Amazon Prime, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, twenty two bucks is a little pricey for the uh, for the Blu ray. I don't think I'd swing that either. I know I probably wouldn't have paid that. No, no, I, just, I can't actually find a copy. Of, well, there's there's the collector's edition by Shout Factory, which um, is currently unavailable. Um, there's oh Thora Birch Terror Train. There's a, there's a Region One US import for three pound eighty five. That's a good deal. Yeah. But I can't play Region One, so that sucks. Yeah, now it's 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 not to be confused with Night Train to Terror. Yeah, which is an an, an anthology film <clears throat> that is so fucking ridiculous. I think I gotta cover that in a future episode. <laughs> right. Um. It also takes well the I guess you'd call it the overstory, the overlapping story takes place on a train, and it's essentially God and Satan, um, playing chess and talking about. Uh, the stories that are happening and whether someone's going to come out good or bad. Ah. And it's fucking ridiculous because it's mostly made up of movies that never got finished and they just piece them together in this anthology. Yikes. And nothing, nothing makes sense, but it is so fucking crazy. It's absolutely worth watching. Uh, that's, that's a funny movie. Funny ass fucking movie. Hmm. All right, well, let's move on. We'll go to my uh, the final movie here, um, and pretty much the, I guess you'd say the penultimate New Year's movie, uh, New Year's Evil, and it is a slasher movie that re- that essentially revolves around the concept of New Year's Eve, and that a killer is calling into a Los Angeles radio station slash TV show, and saying he's going to kill someone uh Every hour that New Year's strikes in the U.S. So you got the Eastern Time Zone, Central, you yep. know, Western, and, and the uh, the West Coast. And he's going to kill someone every time the, uh, the clock strikes 12. And he's going to send an audio recording of the death to the DJ or video DJ that's, um, that's hosting this, like, concert slash um, show, I guess, that's going on. Apparently the show's nationwide or something. And I can remember when I first watched this movie, 
I was like, and, and I, I was younger when I watched this, and I'm like, how the fuck is this guy going from every time zone to the next? <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But upon not being a complete idiot <laughs> and watching it again, I'm like, oh, he's just in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he's killing, he's killing someone, you know, at... Uh, Nine o'clock and ten o'clock, you know, as as the time goes by, when when the the clock hits zero, he's killing someone every hour on the hour, and, and mailing it in. I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. So yes, I am an idiot. Um, but the uh, the movie is strewn, just like completely covered with these like '80s rock slash metal slash new wave songs that are. So ridiculous and addicting. Right now, one is stuck in my head. The theme song to New Year's Evil, which is a track called New Year's Evil by some band called The Shadow, uh, which I've never heard of. I don't even know if they're a real band or if they were just in this movie. I'm not even really sure. There's two bands in the movie, The Shadow and Made in Japan. And The Shadow was more like a new wave kind of 80s band. And Made in Japan is like more like a punk rock with a almost King Diamond singer. He's got this really high pitched voice that's uh that sort of sticks with you too. So the 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 eighties tracks in this are hysterical and like addicting. Like you cannot wait for the next one to come on. Um and the the, the so the killer goes around and he's killing various people and putting on different costumes every time he kills somebody. My favorite one is when he puts on the fake mustache and, and goes to like a disco club. <laughs> to to pick up a couple women and then like murder them but he <laughs> i don't know the outfit the whole scenario is just really funny to watch uh, i think the whole movie is super entertaining it's not a great slasher there's not like great kills in it they're all pretty much mediocre but he, he the killer at one point the movie sort of is focusing on the the video dj or the or the woman that's hosting this like dj party with all these people dancing and stuff and at one point, the movie just sort of shifts its focus entirely on the killer, and then you're stuck with the killer for pretty much the rest of the movie, following through his night. And he, he, he like, after he kills a few people, and he's driving through town, he pulls up to a stoplight, and a bunch of bikers, like, come up, and they pull up alongside him. And at this point, he's dressed up as a priest to get his next kill. Like, he's, before he goes into every kill, he changes his costume and puts on something else. So now he's dressed as a priest, and he pulls up to the stoplight and a bunch of bikers pull up alongside him and they and they look in and the priest like you know the guy looks over at them and the bikers just basically like hey fuck you priest get out of the way and they all like tear ass past him and this pisses the guy off so he like pulls up and like runs a couple of the bikers over mm-hmm. and now there's like a chase scene of the bikers like chasing this guy in his mercedes <laughs> and he tries to hide in a drive-in and he pulls into this drive-in movie and, he, and they're like playing this ridiculous fake trailers on, on like the drive-in screen and the bikers are going around trying to chase him and he hops out and, um, and like he comes across one of the bikers and, and the bikers like, all right, priest, you're going down. He's like, listen, I'm a man of God. I'm not a man of violence. You know, I, I just want to believe in the Lord, our father. And he distracts the biker long enough that he pulls out a knife and stabs the guy in the chest and then <laughs> runs away. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. It's just fucking ridiculous. Um, but that's like my favorite, my favorite sequence of the film. You know, the rest of the kills are all pretty much mediocre. He like strangles a lady and he cuts one's throat and there's not a lot of violence or gore on it. Um, a few musical interludes happen where the, the bands are playing like entire songs 
which is, I guess, kind of a pet peeve of mine. But at the same time, this movie's so 80s and the bands are so 80s that it, like, fits together. It, it like, it all, it all sort of meshes for this, like, great 80s feeling. Um, but yeah, the, the movie sort of tapers off at the end. It, 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 it concludes, but it doesn't leave you like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just more like the guy's like this horrible misogynist and wants to like stab women and apparently mutilate their breasts, which the police say he did, but they don't show. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I, I guess that's what he's doing. Um... But yeah, it's it's there's a lot of kills. It's enti- it's the most New Year's horror movie there is. I guarantee you that. I don't think they're ever going to make a, a horror movie more New Year's than this one. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but like the the final scene is actually pretty good. Like um, after the after the killer's revealed and everything, and he, the confrontation happens, like the final scene of the movie, uh, it sort of ends, and they they set themselves up for a sequel, which never happened, obviously. But um, but it was pretty good. I I like that, and I had I have a lot of fun watching this movie. And I think if you're if you if it's New Year's and you're gonna watch one horror movie, you're looking for the horror movie for New Year's. This is your movie. And in fact, you want to start it. Bef- don't start it at, at midnight. You want to start it definitely before midnight. You know, you want to watch this thing at like nine ten o'clock. Um, so you can sort of go through the fun of like, oh, New Year's is going through the cycles. You know, through the different time zones and whatnot. So. Anyway, that's my take on it. Well, what did you think of this one, Mike? I think you watched it this year, right? Uh, not this year, no. I watched it a few years ago, oh, okay. but I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I think the um, the soundtrack itself. I think Shane, you should look into this one. Why? Because um, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that they've officially released this soundtrack or if it's fucking anywhere available. But it's so ridiculous. You, you got to check it out because I know you're a big fan of like '80s synth and pop and metal and punk. And yeah. There's like a lot of that in this. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look out for it. I'm not necessarily going to buy it, but I'll look out for it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to send you... Maybe I'll put it in at the end here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you just the title track of this movie. It's okay. so fucking addicting and stupid. It's it's like... It's one of those songs that... <clears throat> if you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, I know this is a bad song. But ten minutes later, you're going to be singing it to yourself as you walk away. Okay. Plus, it falls into that magical category of horror movies that have their own theme song. Well, kind of like like Dream Warriors. Yes, like Dream <laughs> Warriors or the, the the Alice Cooper Man Behind a Mask. Oh, that song or, uh, sucked. Hellraiser Three. Come on, man. Man Behind the Mask sucked. Hey, I saw that performed <laughs> live by yes. the director. Did he wear Jason mask? It was by the director. And uh, wait, what does that mean by the director? Jason, uh, Jason lives. I thought Alice Cooper did that. Yeah, Alice Cooper sung that. Yeah, I know. I'm that's I'm not disagreeing with you there, but at the yeah. uh, Terror in the Isles last year, the director of Jason Lives was there and he performed it. Oh, oh my god, yes. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I saw Alice Cooper live <laughs> and he did not sing that, which I was a little disappointed, I'll be honest. But <laughs> let's face it, would you? <laughs> That song is nothing like Alice Cooper stuff. It's all synthy and it's really shit. You know, it's just yeah. But I was looking. I was. I was. You're seeing Alice Cooper live. He's got his huge stage show going on. People are getting their heads cut off, mm. and he's coming out, and there's big fucking things. I wanted to see him running around with a Jason mask, like chopping <laughs> cheerleaders' heads off or something. Yeah, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, yeah, New Year's Evil, um, absolutely. I, I think that's the, that's the New Year's horror movie of choice. Like, you should probably be watching oh, this one. There's another one that I'm kind of partial to um, that's not good at all, but it, it's... Um, it sort of mimics like how I spend most of my New Year's. Most of my New Year's, I, I end up going up to Vermont to a, a cabin my family owns, like up in the woods, and I hang out there with my cousins and everything. And it's always snowing, and you know we just sort of hang out for a few days up there. And there's a movie called Ghost Keeper, which is about a, a bunch of people that get together for a snowmobiling trip up. I want to say it's either in Vermont or up upstate New York or somewhere. And they go on the snowmobile trip, and they. They get sort of lost and they get stuck at this um, this old abandoned mansion slash house out in the woods and they have to stand there and there's there's a killer going around killing people and it's a really bad movie, um, but it always sort of puts me in the mood for the New Year's that I go into. So, um, but yeah, that's that's more of a I don't really recommend that one. It's pretty garbage and in fact it's probably mystery science theater quality in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's just like a shit movie. Uh, the only interesting part that like. It also goes by the name Windigo, um, in Germany for some reason. I don't know why, but I had picked up um, a copy uh, of this movie on a German hard box, which is a large DVD case. It just looks really cool, and it has this awesome like Native American like monster on the front, and it's called Windigo. So I, I literally bought it based on the cover. I'm like, oh, that looks fucking awesome. It's something from the 80s. It's going to be great. And I popped it in. I'm like, fuck, I know this movie. This is where all those idiots go to the cabin on a snowmobile trip. I was so disappointed. I'm like, I can't believe I've already seen this terrible movie and it has nothing to do with Windigos. <laughs> but it had this great cover. Is it like, completely... Hey, we should do a podcast dedicated to movies that have nothing to do with the titles. Like Blue Monkey. Nothing to do with the titles. Yeah. Like what was that? Blue Monkey. And, Blue Monkey, yeah, of course. And Windigo. <laughs> and, uh, oh, let me see. What else is there? Um, yeah. Oh, no. I don't even no, have, no, have to catch me on one of those shit. Oh, I can't. I can't think of them off the top of my head. No, nah, me either. That's, that's gone. I just thought Blue Monkey. That was it. Well, that's the greatest horror movie title of all time. Because yeah, just... that has li- nothing to do with anything. Oh, I know, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Although the line is spoken in the movie. Yeah, by a little kid so, who so doesn't get killed. <laughs> Which I was disappointed. Oh, I was disappointed with that. No children. I forgot I made you watch that. Yeah, no children were harmed in the making of this movie. For fuck's sakes. You know, we got to come up with another category for next year, Shane. The worst movie that I make Shane watch. Um, for the podcast. Yeah, there's only one, Ryan. Which one? For the, for the podcast, Shane. Yeah, there's only. Not just in general. Yeah, there's only one, Ryan. And like I said, that? that's evil. I didn't make you watch that for the podcast. You watched that years before the podcast. Yeah, and, uh, the, ironic, the ironic thing is, somebody actually borrowed that from me, and they never returned it. So either <laughs> they really loved the film, or they binned it. So I have no clue. Um, <laughs> but that... You heard him, folks. Shane needs another copy of Evil. No, I... If somebody wants to... If somebody wants to Amazon him a copy of Evil, he'd be more than welcome to accept it. And Ryan will then be deleted and erased from my history. Um, <laughs> just for saying such things. That's, oh, man, that movie is just so fucking bad. So bad. I feel like we should get Mike to watch this and give his opinion. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be that's going to happen. But yeah, so I think that's uh, that's about it for New Year's movies. You guys got anything else you want to add to uh, any of the discussions? No. 
No. No. All right. So that about wraps it up, I think. Um, thank you guys for uh, coming on and making one more year possible. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening, I guess. I, I think there's actually people that listen to this for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, we have listeners. You could be doing, like, any other thing. Yes. You could be taking a piss and people that listen to it. You know, it's just... Well, Ryan, yeah, have. Ryan is taking a piss and I listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That didn't make the last episode. Yeah. I did cut that out, Mike. Yeah. See, that's, that's got to go in the um, in the Christmas special uh, or the New Year's. New Year's. The piss, I think. No, I think I deleted it. I don't think I have any of that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up. All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. And uh, thanks, for everybody, for listening. And you can catch us at our Gmail on uh, UHM. I'm UHM. Jesus, I'm giving the old address. Uh, all you need is bloodpod at gmail.com. On our Facebook group, all you need is blood. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Ryan Tudelo. And uh, Shane? You can catch me on Twitter at Dead Cell Society. Um, you can catch me on Instagram at Dead Cell Society 74. See, there's a theme there. Um, I'm also on the Facebook groups uh, group <coughs> for All You Need Is Blood and UHM. Yep, and uh, Mike, your uh, Instagram? Uh, yes, I'm on Instagram as Whittemore with a zero, and um, I'm on the uh, Facebook group, uh, UHM group, and the All You Need Blood group, and um, I do not have Twitter. Excellent. Well, send us your uh, your requests, your likes, or anything else, and um, we'll probably respond because we pretty much get back to anybody even if they're shitting on us. <laughs> yeah. Because we enjoy that. I mean, I like swearing, so I will more than likely swear at everybody. Cause that... Yeah, just don't cross Mike the wrong way. He'll lay the band hammer down on you. Yeah. Really I fucking had so... to today. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I missed that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, someone was insulting another member, and listen, we don't tolerate that shit here, so. No. Yeah, a UHM group. People get a little feisty on it. Yeah. Yeah, I had noticed. So that well wraps it up. Thanks, guys. And I'll catch you next time. Bye for See now. Ya. Bye.